Deb Wondry. This is I Hate My Boss, workplace drama, comedic relief. I'm Liz Dolan. And I'm Larry Seal. And it's just about time for some of our After Hours questions. Let's start by checking in with someone we helped in a past episode. You may remember Jane from episode 14. After her boss found out she was 20 years old, Jane's boss started saying off-putting things to her boyfriend like, you better treat her right and I'm watching you. Now she's found herself in a different pickle. Oh, no. So here's what she writes. Hi, Liz and Larry. I just listened to episode 14. Thank you for the advice. You are completely correct. I unfortunately do not have the courage to address it. (laughs) Okay. I work in finance. Men are very sensitive about women in the workplace, meaning they don't want to be reminded that there are women in the workplace. (laughs) I frequently heard horror stories dating back decades from men in this industry complaining about women that have called out sexism. Instead of addressing my boss's comments head on and possibly ruining my reputation in the industry, I've found a new job. Okay. Great. I'll be working on a team of all women, and I could not be more excited. In my search, I asked quite a few questions about the workplace culture, so I'm confident this private equity firm is going to be a great fit. I actually received two offers, so I'm glad your other podcast addressed how to handle that situation. I was even able to negotiate for a higher salary. So I have a new question now, which is about how to balance advocating for yourself without burning bridges. For background information, when my grandmother passed away on a Thursday, I notified the office and the bosses that I would be out until her funeral the following Tuesday. I received several angry emails from my boss saying that unexpected absences were a great disruption to the business. To give a little more color on this boss, earlier that day he sent out an email to all staff that read, quote, be warned, the next person that leaves dirty dishes in the sink is fired. (laughs) Get with the program, people. When I returned from the office, my bosses sat me down and told me I didn't have my head in the game and I should find a new job. I was obviously very upset. My boss holds grudges that last decades, and he has a lot of influence in this industry. I wish he could know that his behavior is unacceptable, but I'm not in a position to tell him, and no one in the office is willing to stand up to him. What is the right time to grin and bear it, and when should you address it head on? Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. Jane, first, the most important thing, we're so sorry to hear about the loss of your grandmother. Having said that, there is some valuable professional coaching we can do here, right? Yeah, look, you do want to advocate for yourself, but you don't want to be foolish. Choose your battles, mm-hmm. right? Choose the choose the hill you want to die on. I trust your judgment there, but this is about finding the right fit for you. And you're picking private equity is a you know, is it's one so cut if throat. I thought of alpha male yes. attraction. Uh-huh. This is one of the places that happens. And by the way, it doesn't mean that they're not good people, but what it means is they care they're not about good colleagues. <laughs> they're, they care about their business. They care yeah. about making money. It's what they get paid to do. And people taking time off to care for their family probably comes across as really inconvenient to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So look, when you step into a new job, there's no better time to establish the standards and the boundaries for who you are and how you react to things and what you expect. And mostly I think that gets done just very casually, not in a statement, but in the way that you work with people, the way that you say yes to things, the way that you interact with people. You can do that. You can stand up for yourself in a way that's not accusatory, that's not damning of the other person, but simply This is how I operate. Here's what I want to say, Jane. The moment I heard the two words private equity, 
I was like, oh, no, because private equity firms are notoriously hard places to work. I mean, you know, you've been in finance. You're talking about the horror stories. You have put yourself into a culture, not to say that they're all this way, but let's just say they're all this way. They're all highly (laughs) insensitive Send your letters to Liz Dolan. Let's just say it's not where you're going for the empathy about your grandmother. No, that's for sure. So this kind of challenge, bereavement, illness, that kind of thing can really reveal the heart of an organization. I feel this very keenly. I went through this when both of my parents were ill, and the company I worked for earned my undying loyalty Mm. from the way my colleagues accommodated me and how sensitive they were. Really, I cannot even tell you what a difference it made in my life and long-term bonded me to those people and that company. On the other hand, I have friends who have spent their whole career on a Wall Street trading floor, and the last thing they would ever expect at work would be sensitivity if they were in that kind of situation. So I think, Jane, these do not feel like your people. Maybe finance isn't your jam. I don't know. Some companies will care about the things that you care about, and other companies won't. And over your long-term career, find yourself one that does. Thanks, Jane. Best of luck. Our next question comes to us from Jessica, who needs some help after an interesting performance review. Uh She she writes, hi, Liz and Larry. I started listening to your show after a particularly bizarre two-hour performance review, during which my bosses covered topics such as life goals outside of work and the movie Revolutionary Road. (laughs) The general message was that I was ahead of the curve in my current role, but that I had to get more experience and become more assertive in order Mm. to be promoted to associate. This was a bit disarming for a couple of reasons. I was told that in any of our company's other offices, I would be an associate, but that expectations were different in our office. I wasn't given any clear goals to meet. They told me they were looking for, quote, intangibles. Uh Uh-oh. And the way they described how an associate needs to command the room made me realize that Mm -hmm. there's never been a woman in that position in our office. I'm two years younger than the youngest associate, so I can understand that I may need more experience to fill the role. What has made it harder to understand recently is a couple of promotions of male colleagues who, by one boss's own admission, were promoted to unsuitable or invented positions because they made a lot of noise and had to be kept happy. I'm having trouble reconciling what I'm being told and what I'm seeing applied to other people. I like my company and I want to stay, but I've lost a lot of trust in them. I don't know what to do without becoming the squeaky and possibly feminist wheel. Okay, Jessica, here we go. Intangibles, red flag right there. The moment somebody starts to use intangibles as what you need to think about as your goals. Next, be more assertive. Second red flag and the ultimate catch-22 for women, right? They tell you to be more assertive, and then the moment you are, they fire you. You can just read the Ellen Powell discrimination case or any other discrimination case for that matter. There's something about that assertiveness thing that's just a really fine line for us to walk. Command the room is like code language. Right. They want you to command the room, but they don't want you to be commanding is often what you experience. You're in a very challenging environment where I suspect there are very different standards for you than there are for some of the other colleagues who are getting unsuitable or invented positions. Having said all of that, you can do this. If you choose to stay in and fight the way this needs to be fought, And obviously, we need women who do do that. Women can win in this environment, but it is not going to be easy. If you get feedback 
that you need to be more assertive. And then the next thing you say is, I wasn't given clear goals. I'm going to say, you're not assertive enough. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, if you weren't given clear goals and you are assertive and you're taking control of the situation, you're going to dig in and you're say, excuse me, I didn't understand what you meant by that. How does that priority tie into what we were talking? You're going to dig. And you're not going to dig in a way that's a jerk, but you're going to say, I need to understand this because I'm going to be successful versus they said something they may not be very good communicators, but you let it drop right there. That's just going to rebound back on you. So I'm not saying this is your challenge. I'm saying this is your opportunity to push in a little bit further and dig in for that detail that gives you the information that you need. This is not 100% of the time, but I think most of the time that people walk out of conversations unclear, ask the questions that you need so that you understand. And if you're not understanding it, ask again. My suspicion is in a review that sort of veered off onto revolutionary road oh. that you have people who are like afraid to communicate clearly to you that for whatever reason, they don't know how to handle you already. So I can understand why it's hard yep. to be really assertive and say, wait, tell me more. Wait, I need to understand more. But Larry's right. That's the chance you have. You need to get them to commit to a certain set of goals because that's what you want to be measured against, not intangible. Yeah, that's a death knell. And one of the things she mentioned in there was that some of the colleagues had, quote, made a lot of noise and so they wanted to keep them happy. Well, guess what? They just gave you the keys to the castle because they said, this is what we respond to. So now it's really up to her to decide where does she want to, to use your phrase, stay noisy to get the opportunities you want and to get the recognition. Good luck. Okay, people, we need more of those workplace stories that you just can't make up. So send them to us on Twitter or Facebook. We're at I Hate My Boss Show, and our phone number is 424-224-5711. If you're listening on a smartphone, just tap the cover art to see the episode notes, and you'll find a link to call us right there. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and don't miss our next episode on Monday. Remember, workplaces can feel crazy, but you don't have to.